1 through through 12 this morning, but I'm really focusing on 3 through 12. We had a little technical setback this morning. I left my iPad at home. Had all my notes. And these are very small words in this Bible, but they're still true words. So I'm going to read 1 Peter 1, starting verse 1 through 12, and I'm going to have you have a seat, and I'll get into this message. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank you once again, Lord, for this opportunity to hear your word from on high, Lord. God, we pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts to receive of you, God. God, encourage us and strengthen us one more time today, Father. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you would stand up inside of me today, Lord. Free my mind of anything that's hindering my, this message going forward with power and might, Lord. Thank you for my brothers in Christ who have prayed for me, Lord. Thank you for my, our pastor that you have placed over us, Lord, to be the good shepherd, God. God, as we have pastor's appreciation, Lord, this month, Lord, but let us appreciate your pastor every day, Lord. Let's don't have a special month, Lord, but God, let us appreciate our pastor every day. Every Sunday, he prays and labors for us, God, in this pulpit to do the work you've called him to do, God. So, God, we just ask you to bless this word today, Father. Strengthen us, God. Encourage us. And, God, we love you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, Peter is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He is God elect. And he's writing his letter to the strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontinus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Of the Father, I'm reading out of the uh, excuse me the New NIV, which is unfamiliar to me, but I know it's still God's word. Amen. And um, throughout the sanctifying work of the Spirit for for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by uh, His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Um, verse three: Praise be to God and Father of our Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given to us new birth. In a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and unto an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, your faith of greater worth than gold, which, which perishes even through refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him, you now believe him and that are filled with the impressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the gold of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the times and circumstances in which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of these things, they have not been told you by those who have preached. By, excuse me, back that up. They were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look 
into these things. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, doing holy and powerful word. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Out of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse and 1, verses 3 to 12, Paul is actually writing a greeting letter to the suffering saints. Amen. The Jews, they were being persecuted by Nero. I'm going to tell you how really easy we got it today, y'all. We're not persecuted like they was back in the day. Nero was, was chasing them folks. He was setting them on fire as on a stake as a nightlight. We don't have to go to that type of persecution anymore. But we have to stand up for, the, for, for righteousness sake. Amen. So in this letter from Peter, an apostle of, of Jesus, he's actually writing an encouraging letter. You're going to go through some things. But don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. It's only temporary. It ain't going to last forever. But we're going to suffer a little bit. I don't know about y'all. You got to give you no heads up. You're going to suffer a little bit. All right. But just, just a little while. Trouble don't last always. Amen. So tonight, today, we're going to talk about we got a hope of eternal life. Amen. Now, if you're a believer, you got to know you got hope in eternal life. If you're not a believer in here, I pray by the time this message is over with, you're going to have eternal life. Amen. All praises to God in verse 3, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God has raised Christ from the dead. Amen. Now, we live with great expectation. Why is that, preacher? Because Christ is not dead anymore. We, we serve a living Savior. Amen? Wow. Oh, and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. So what you're trying to say here? No man can touch this. You know who, do you know who keeps you? God keeps you. He's got a legion of angels that's protecting us right now. We got protection around us we don't even see. But, by, but your faith, you got to know this, that you have that type of protection. Amen? All right. And all this in verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed the last day of you, of Satan. Now, let me jump right into this word right here. So our future inheritance, looking at verses 3 to 5, that it's a thoughtful observation of God's grace caused Peter to praise God. You ever wonder why sometimes you just, just jump out into a praise? Because God just reveals something to you. You just might just be reminded what God has done for you. So you automatically jump into, into a, 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 a praise of worship. It's a thoughtful observation. Because as a pastor was saying, think about this. We were on our way to hell. Praise God. But now we've come, we know who God is. We ain't going to hell. That ought to make you start praising God all by yourself, right? So, uh, I love it. So, the, so, we're talking about the altar of salvation. He's the source of our hope. And the, world pray, and the word praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is actually the same word identical in 2 Corinthians 1 through 3. And this phase, this, this praise is a phase. The praise here is his great mercy refers to God's unmerited favor towards sinners. Unmerited favor to sinners. We are all sinners saved by grace. Praise, praise break. Hey, God, thank you. So we, and, and think about it. We were in a hopeless condition. And now he has given us a new birth. We have a new birth, a new chance, a new right. That, that it was a merited gift. It was a gift. We didn't have to do anything for it. God is the one that prepared it. The word has given us uh, 
The word has given us a new birth. We have this uh, cause to be born again. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We're, believe it or not, every one of us in here are representatives of God. We went out yesterday, Super Saturday. Everybody was a representative of God. We weren't a representative of New Beginnings Church. We were a representative of God. He's the one that's called out of darkness into his marvelous light to be a witness for him. Amen? We went out. We shared the gospel. We shared what God can do for you. We said God is a great provider. Matter of fact, he got some food for you down at 5089 East McKinley Avenue, New Beginnings Church. God is a great provider. Amen? And, and because he's done all that for, that, for us, when we share that with the community, they were excited. We live in, a, in this area that a lot of people don't have transportation, but they were walking to get here to get the blessing that God had for them. Amen. Praise God for that. And, they, and we, um, I think God was satisfied with what happened yesterday. So, uh, so he, we see here we have to be born again. Peter was actually reminded when he was talking to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And we try, how in the world can I be born again? How can I enter into my mother's womb and come out again? It ain't happening. Born again in your mind and in your spirit. You do not belong to yourself anymore. You are a new creature. All you got to do is accept Christ into your life. You are, that means you are born again. Amen. And we're born, and I want to get to this. This is my good part. The new birth results in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what we believe. As preachers, that's what we proclaim, that Christ is a risen Savior. Amen? He's not dead. Think about this. Why would you serve a dead God? Ain't no hope in a dead person. Hope is in a live person. And we testify that Jesus Christ was risen on the third day, early Sunday morning. He rose with all power in heaven and earth belonged to him. Amen? I love it. I love it. So this living hope is based on the living resurrection of Christ. He's not dead. The Christian assurance. Now, the Christian assurance, this is our assurance. I'm talking about Christian. In Christ, it is certain and it is sure and it's a fact that Christ is alive. Peter actually used the word living six times in this chapter in verses 1, 2, 3. Uh, 1, chapter 1, verse 23. 2 through 4 and 5 and 4, 5 and 6. And that word living means that the believers hope. Do you have hope today? Yeah. The, your hope is, is sure. Your hope is certain, or it should be, and your hope should be real. It's not phony. It is not fake. It ain't make-believe, and it's not imaginary. You ought to know who you belong to. You ought to know where your hope and your trust and your faith is. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And, and you, Oh, wow. So in one force, that, and the sure hope is of a future inheritance. This same word is used to refer to Israel when God promised them the promised land. Amen. That's in Numbers 26 and 54. It was their possession that was granted for her as a gift from God. That's a gift. It was promised by God. We all know God's a promise keeper. He don't lie. A Christian inheritance cannot be destroyed by hostile forces. Can't nobody take your hope from you. Can't nobody take it. And it will not spoil like ripened fruit or fading colors. Hey, some of y'all know it in your fridge. You look in your refrigerator, something they put on, the, on product in there and say, use before this date. You ever see that? Well, this promise will never go out. It'll never spoil. It'll never fade. It'll never have an expiration date. It's eternal. It's eternal inheritance for you. Amen. I, I went down, looked at my refrigerator, see whether anything spoiled in it, just in case. We got to get rid of things that spoil, get rid of it. But things that last forever, what? We keep forever. 
Amen. So Peter here uses three words to describe the inheritance. He said it can never perish. It can never spoil or fade. This inheritance is is as indestructible as God's word. If God said it, you can bet on it. Amen. Remember, I was going to take take that back. And each each Christian inheritance of eternal life is kept in heaven or kept watched. In heaven. Amen. For God is the ultimate in possession of us. We are secured in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, each, so that's where it's secured. We, we, can't, we can't even keep it ourselves. I'm kind of, kind of glad God keeps my inheritance. Amen. Because we know we, we live in a society. We got thieves and robbers and all them kind of stuff. People are trying to rob and take what you have. Amen. But this inheritance, God is the one that's keeping it. He's the one that's protecting it. And guess what this inheritance is? It's you. You are the inheritance. You are what God is, 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 is saying. I'm looking forward to having with me in glory one day. Amen. So not only is, is our inheritance, you see I say our inheritance, is guarded but we're heirs who have been born into an inheritance that's shielded by God's power. Now, this word shielded is actually a military term, which means he has a garrison of protection around our inheritance. Amen? And so, um, so what greater hope could we be given to those who are going under persecution than the knowledge that God's power guards us and it preserves us from any hurt, harm, or danger? Ain't that good? It's like saying, you got God as a bodyguard. Help me that to help you out. That's your, sec- your security force is God all by himself. And, that, and, that's, and that's not what they call private security. Amen. You ain't got to pay for it. He give it to you free. Amen. And so, um, wow, I love this. So the, that's the greater hope we have that, that even though we're going through persecution, that God is his, God's power that keeps us and preserves us. It's an inheritance of, of salvation that will be completely revealed to them or to us in God's presence. So one day, because we're God's inheritance, we're going to see God ourselves, right? And, we, and he's going he's to be saying, he's going to be telling to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. He's going he's to tell us the good news that you actually made it. Amen. But we didn't make it on our own strength. So what are we going to do when we get to heaven? We're going to praise God. We say, God, I'm going to say, God, thank you for preserving me. God, thank you for protecting me. God, thank you for keeping me, God. Thank you for I, I get a chance to stand at your feet and praise your holy and righteous name. Amen. So we see here that um, because God has given us a new birth, the idea of a birth has a number of implications. It, it, being born again tells us that we are a new person. We belong, we belong to a new family, and we have a new relationship. We get a new start in life. Did some of y'all really need a new, a new start in life? I know I got two. All right. I, I got three. All right. We needed a new beginning, y'all. We needed a new start on life because the path that we were going was going to destruction. It was an ending life that we did not want to go that way. I believe some of us, we, we're, we're survival people. Are we survivor people? Sometimes we will hang on to the last thing. God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And that's what we got to do. We got to be, God, love you, man. Woo. But this new birth, this new life, it's a new start. And, and I'm thankful for that, that God gives us that opportunity to have this new life. We were out walking yesterday. I, you know, Tate, you know, he, he came back to the church, and I was out there sweating my, like a stuck pig, sharing the, what we were doing at the church. And, and I was just telling people, do y'all know who Jesus Christ is? And it's like, he loves you. I'm going to tell you why I know he loves you. He sent me out here to, to offer you something. 
And you and that word, my brother Mel, that they were walking down McKinley. They didn't know where the church was, but they just. Sometimes all you gotta do is point people in the right direction. That's one of the easiest thing to do. Just tell somebody about it, and then just point them in the right direction. And we, and we have people here ready to receive them, did we not? Amen. So, amen. So that's part of, that's part of having this new life, this new relationship. Um, and this new birth has been achieved through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, and we have been born into two great things. We got a, a living hope, and now we got an inheritance. Amen. In hard times, we, we, have, a, uh, in hard time, we have this living hope. We live in a world that, we, we, you know, we live in a world that people say this world is hopeless. Have y'all ran across people like that? Stay away from them. Stay away from them because we live in a, a lively hope. Get away from negativity. All right? Negativity will, will ruin somebody, will wear you down. Amen? We have a lively hope. As a Christian, you ought to stand out. You ought to be a light in the world that's so dark. You, God has called you to be the salt of the earth. Amen? So when we go someplace, we ought to make a difference. I don't care how you act, but you ought to act Christ-like. And somebody say, there's something wrong with you, but you tell them, no, I just love Jesus. He just, changed, he just changed my whole life. I'm not the same anymore. I don't act the same. I don't think the same. And I don't do the things I used to do. Amen. Or should I say not as much? Amen. I'm just keeping it, keeping it real in here. We, we all work in progress. Amen. Amen. So the Christian, uh, however, has this hope that it's alive and our hope is valuable. We have something to set our eyes upon when life is full of suffering. You know, the people in the world don't have that. But Christians, we got it. And actually what we have, we do need to share for those who are suffering because they need the same hope that we have. So we shouldn't be acting a certain way in the world. We should be standing out. So when we're suffering and we're having these difficulties, we have a hope that is not based on futile things of this world. Keep this in mind. Our hope is not in this country. Our hope is not in this financial, in this financial system. Our hope is built upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's it. All this other stuff is just temporal. It's nice to have it, but it's all temporal. They have no meaning to it whatsoever. So believe it or not, when we're passing out the food, all we're actually doing was getting them closer to us so we can witness to them. That's what you, I don't want to call it a sucker punch, but that's what we did. We get them, we draw them in, take care of their need, and then we look at the spiritual part. How can I pray for you? I just love New Beginnings Church. I, I tell people all the time, I cannot wait to pray for somebody in New Beginnings Church because prayer answers things. Because we, have, because we have an inheritance, believe it or not, when we pray, God what? Hears our prayers. We're not strangers to God. He knows our voice. They said that the sheep hears my voice and follow me. So when we're praying to God because he knows us, he hears us. And so if I'm praying on your behalf, guess what? God hears me. God is faithful and just to forgive us of all our faults. So I'm saying, God, can you ask, we ask him for blessing. Can you forgive us? And that's what God does. So part of this living hope is an inheritance that is promised for us. This is promised for us. Amen. This is an inheritance that does not perish, cannot spoil, cannot be defiled, and cannot fade. This is an inheritance that's untouched by death. It's unsustained by any evil and unpaired by time. Think about this for a moment. Jesus had no sin whatsoever, right? He was the perfect sacrifice for us, right? Amen. Because of that, he, because he was the perfect sa- sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins, he's righteous. We're covered in his blood because he's righteous. Not that we had any, but because he had it. And because we accepted him, we're covered now. That means we're protected. We cannot spoil. This is where I want to prove this in. That's why you can never lose your salvation. You can never lose your salvation no matter what you do. 
If you ask yourself with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're saved. You can be the baddest person up in here to the day, day Jesus Christ came, but you still got your salvation. Your reward will be a little bit different, but you still have it. This is it. Um, so this can be, and we talk about, this is also a contrast to when God told Israel to go into the promised land. They went, they did all right for a moment, and then they failed. They messed up, they got this, they got disobedience, and God took the land away from them. But now, because of Christ, the risen Savior, we can never have, lose this inheritance that we have. Because Christ is alive. Amen. Amen. Our inheritance has, has an eternal nature that cannot be taken away. It cannot fade away. It is, it's not like our houses and the cars and stuff that break down and get ruined or faded and all of that or any of that. For our inheritance is reserved in heaven for you. This is, this is actually one of my favorite uh, images of the scripture because reservation have come to mean nothing today. Have you ever went to a restaurant and, 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 and had reservations and you get there and your table ain't ready for you? Have you ever rented a car and the car you asked for wasn't available? All right. Well, this reservation is eternal inheritance reservation, and it's reserved, and this reservation was made by God. And when God makes something reserved for you, you can have confidence in that inheritance that is waiting for you. It's like God was your booking agent. He said, Say that, say that seat there for my child. I say that house right there for my child, that mansion right there. That's reserved for you. I get excited about this stuff. Not only this, we are guarded by God's power through faith for salvation to be revealed in the end. No one can strip away your salvation. No one can rob you of the hope that you have in the Lord Jesus and the salvation that we are receiving today. Amen? But here's the thing. The only, the only person who can stop you is you. The only one who can rob you what's expected for you is you. No one can steal the joy from you but you. No one can rob you of the hope you have except for you. That is why we greatly rejoice because we have this great hope. Amen. But don't let nobody rob you of your joy. Don't let nobody rob you of what God has stored for you. God has a blessing with your name on it. We don't, he don't scratch out your name and put my name in it. He's got your blessing with your name preserved for you. Amen. So don't get mad at your brothers and sisters of Christ because they got something else that you don't have. Just wait on yours. If you don't have it, that means God don't want you to have it. And you ought to thank God for that too. Amen. Because God knows our hearts. He's not going to, because we give us something that's going to draw us away from him. God ain't going to do that. We got an angel of light. Thank you, honey. She always tell me. I get excited. Slow down. Amen. At least my pastor don't tell me that. Amen. Catch your breath. Let's all take a breath. <sighs> so, amen. God bless. So, so in, verse, in verse 6, I think I get happy. In this, you, in this we rejoice, though not for a little while, y'all. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, in verse 7, so that the test is genuine, genu- genuineness of, a, of your faith. It's more precious than gold that perish, though it's tested by fire. And may be found in the results in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ in verse 8. And though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you have not see, see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and salvation of your soul. So be joyful in the hope you have, even though you are distressed. Even though you're going through something, count it all joy. You get that one down, you can make it. 
No matter how it may look, when the finance is bad, the kids is acting up, even my wife ain't, you know, count it all joy. Yeah, watch out. She's a good cook. Amen. Count it all joy because our lives are in view of the eternal inheritance, not what's going on right now. This is all temporal. Our joy is based on the future. What's going to come to happen? Amen. So even though we're going through, we're in distress or whatever's going on, it's temporal. That stuff does not last always. So when you compare it to living forever to what's going on right now, it ain't that bad. Well, it's like, the way I look at it, I just think, well, God must be going to be coming up real pretty quick. Because he know I'm going through something. And I don't know about it. Anybody ever been going through something? You having your little pity party? You crying? You wooing all that? And everything's all right. You're going through a lot until what? Until you turn it over to God. Until you give it to Jesus and God, you know what's, what's bothering me. Then all of a sudden, boy, all that pain, all that stuff, it just goes away. Because you know why? You just put your faith in action. You just trusted in God. You just remember what he said he's going to come and do for you. And all of a sudden, all those problems went away. They just went away. They, 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 looked, they, went, from, they went from a, a, a mountain to a molehill. Because we categorized it. They're just not that important. But my relationship with Christ is. Amen. And that's why we got to learn to keep counting it all joy. No matter what we're going through things. Even though we, 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 might, we have these goals and expectations and all that. Even though we don't make the mark sometimes. That's all right. God still knows who you are and where you are with him. And that's what's important right there. So um, our lives in view of eternal inheritance and living hope compared to suffering is only for a little while. And I was sitting there thinking about when Peter was writing this letter, he didn't have special knowledge that he was giving to these Christians. But he, what he was trying to tell them, your suffering is going to end soon. Can that, can that not be encouraging to somebody that your suffering is going to end soon? That it ain't going to last forever? Have you ever walked up across somebody that's looking just really tore up in the face? And, just, and I know you wanted to say, hey, they ain't going to laugh forever. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. But guess what? If you take them to the book, to the word of God, you tell them it's only temporary. It's, the, it's what the word of God said. So as Christians, we got to continue to encourage one another. Amen? We don't, we don't, we don't build each other down. We build each other up. We encourage everybody. Because this might be your week that you're going through. You're going to need some encouragement. Amen? I feel like I was suffering yesterday, but today, hey, it's all good. It was, it was temporary when he made it through the night. Amen. Praise God. So, um, so but I don't, like I, said, I don't think Peter had any type of insight, but, but, but that when he encouraged him that their suffering would be soon. Rather, what he was saying, that even a life full of suffering is only a little while in view of the internal inheritance. But Peter is not ignoring the fact that what? That they are suffering. We cannot ignore the fact that we run across people that's suffering. So what do we got to do? So what Peter's trying to say, he, what, he, what Peter's not trying to say is have happy thoughts and everything going to be okay. That ain't what he's saying. He said everything is not always going to be sunshine and rainbow. But what Peter is telling him is that we don't live a lie. We live in a, in a society that we're going to suffer a little bit for Christ. But that's all right. We're going to, because God calls to be light into the world, we're going to be the light of the world. If people can see the joy you have in your life, even while you're suffering and going through trials and tribulations, you're going to be a witness. I guarantee somebody going to come running to you and say, what's wrong with you? How come you ain't suffering like the rest of us? They're going to say, what's so different about you? And then you say, I got Jesus. I got hope of eternal life. Would, would you like me to tell you about him? And if you can't tell them about him, point them to somebody that can. But I guarantee you, everybody in here got a story. And if you tell your story, you're going to help somebody out. They're going to say, well, my problem ain't that bad. All right, thank you. 
Amen. Ah. But we want them to be able to endure the, but we want our people to endure these various trials and maintain their hope. And maintain their hope. Even when suffering through trials, there is hope. First, we got our test, our tested faith. You got to remember this is more valuable than gold. Faith is not a viable faith until it has been tested. Gold is not any good until the impurities are heated from the metals, right? Faith must be refined. Faith must go through the heat. And that is why we can say that genuine faith has been has experiencing testing. If you're going through something, you got you're experiencing your faith is being experiencing testing. Amen. I made myself a note and remind myself that why sometimes sometimes we got to stay in our test a little bit longer while you being refined. You might be saying, God, okay, all right, uncle, I'm done with this test. But no, you just may have to stay in just a little bit longer. Amen. Ah, I love it. Because I've come to find out because untested faith is, 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 is only good in theory. I used to say a long time ago, faith not tested can't be trusted. So you actually want God to help you test your faith. Because what it does is actually reveal who we actually have faith in. So as we go through these various trials, you know, upon ourselves, we want to be tested. All right. And I, and I like to say this, too. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I do. I think we come out a lot better after we've been tested. I know we do a lot of praying and, and, and new beginnings after we've gone through stuff. I think our, God is testing us. And what do we do? We go into our prayer and we go into our prayer fasting. And we I believe we come out stronger than we go in. Yeah. Amen. So. Um, so we, we have to, so I know we, we have, I know we don't want to have faith without suffering. You don't want, you don't want faith without suffering, y'all. All right. But Peter points this out that it's, that it's not possible. Faith must be tested so that, so that it can be proved that what? It's faith. Faith must endure tough choices, difficult times, and suffering. I'm going to say the other part again. I think y'all might like that. Faith must be tested so that it can be proved to be faith. Take that one home with you. Second, our test faith results in praise, glory, honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because what, what I'm trying to say here, as we're going through, um, no matter what the situation is, our, it ought, it, our, our thoughts and everything ought to turn to praise and glory of God, no matter what. We ought to get beyond the circumstances, no matter what it, no matter what it is. Just, that's, your mind, you've got to set your mind like that. Oh, it's, it's all right. God still loves me. This, God took care of this, things, things like this before. I heard, I heard the testimony of this brother. I heard the testimony of this, uh, of this sister. So if God did it for them, he can do it for me. Get beyond the negative. Get to the, get, get to the positive. Get to the part that's going to encourage you, what's going to give you praise and glory. And, 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 we, and we want to hear this, well done, my good and faithful servant, comes to mind right about here. When it's all said and done, our suffering should bring praise, glory, and honor through Jesus, through our endurance. Just imagine here for a moment, Jesus is saying to the Father, that's one of ours. When we're going through and we're praising and glorifying God, 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 Jesus, God that's one of ours. Look at him. He's, he's praising and glorifying us even though he's going through. Get, I love that. So, um, so further, praise, glory, and honor will, give, will be given to our faith when Jesus is revealed. He will, de- he will declare good and faithful servant because our faith has been tested and proved. So even though we have not seen him, we continue to love him and continue to place our trust in him. As we continue to endure suffering and trial, we are re- actually we're receiving the results of our faith through trials. 
and, the, and that's for the salvation of our soul. So verses 10 and 12, I'm about, through 12, I'm about to finish up here. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, search and inquire carefully, inquiring what time of circumstances the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the suffering of Christ and a sequential glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. And the things that have not been announced to you, though, though through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from the heaven, things unto which the angels long to look. So Peter goes on to tell us that while we live, we're actually living in a privileged time. The prophets had searched and inquired carefully when, about when Christ would come. The prophets wanted to know the circumstances surrounding the suffering of Christ would endure and the glories he would receive. They knew that they were pointing to glorious days that they themselves would not experience, but we would. Even angels desire to understand and see the events unfold. Now, angels are in heaven, but they know God's going to do something. They're actually looking at us right now and wanting to see what God's going to do next in our life. You ever think about that for a moment? So we live in a great time. It's actually a privileged time. Why? Because Christ has came and died for us. He hadn't come for the prophets. The prophet God had his spirit inside the prophet, but God actually now has delivered to us salvation. Christ died. Christ was buried. God, Christ rose. They didn't have that. We got it. We have it, and we have it now. Amen? Wow. So we are not looking, and so now we're not looking at the works of the mystery. We already know what the mystery was. Christ came and died for all of our sins. That's the mystery had been revealed. So when you're witnessing the people, let them know you can be saved. There's a Savior that has died, was buried, and rose again for you. That's hope, you guys. That's hope. God has now revealed his plan for us and has given us an opportunity to enjoy in the blessings of his son, Jesus Christ, who came and died on Calvary Cross for all of our sins and now has redeemed us back to the Father. Man, don't tell me that don't make you happy. So if we look at verse, verse 11. And we see by speaking about his sufferings and Christ and, uh, and his glories that were to come. Jesus endured the suffering predicted that would come upon him. He actually, Jesus actually knew what he was going to inherit also. He was going to inherit us. Because why? He came to die for us. He didn't come for no other reason. Yeah, he fed the 5,000. He did all that stuff. He, gave, he healed the lame, gave sight to the blame. He did all that. But in reality, he came to die. He came to suffer for me and you. So I, I, I'm thinking about this for a moment right here, just to personalize this for a moment. Jesus, can I say thank you? Because why? I, I needed somebody to come die for me. I needed somebody to take, to take coming off of me away out of, out of no way. I needed somebody to deliver me out of my sins. I need it. And guess what? Ain't nothing changed. I still need it. Today, Tomorrow, forevermore, I'm going to need that Savior. I'm going to need his forgiveness. So through the obedience and endurance, he received the, this glory bestowed by God. God said, I'm gonna, because he died for us and he rose up, he sits at the right-hand side of the Father. Intercede on our behalf right now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So in the same way, Peter points out that when we endure suffering and trials, we actually receive the glory from God that follows. Well, what follows? That brings us hope. It brings us a remembrance of eternal, eternal inheritance. It, tell, it brings us genuine faith because why? Our faith has been tested. And, and we actually attain salvation through your suffering. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. And, we, and, you know, we're, we're, we're privileged. We're privileged. So as I close out, 
I want you to, I want to remember this. That your faith, you got to anchor your faith in, into Jesus. You have to put your, you got to put your faith in Jesus. And it's how, it's important to put your faith in Jesus. So here's the question. Well, where do we find a faith strong enough to make it through the storms of life? In Jesus. Peter knows how important faith is, and he gives us a great picture of faith. A faith that we can anchor deep with and a faith that will hold us during the storms of life. That's the kind of faith we got to have. When Peter wrote this letter, things were changing to the churches. In the beginning, the first century church, they were, like I said, they were being persecuted. At first, the government didn't pay them no mind. But as they grew, they got started being persecuted. They started trying to take them out. So Peter is actually writing this letter. And actually, he wrote to the church, but he's writing us today that, that uh, we're going to have difficulty times in living, but we live by our faith anyway. All right. Just remember, it's temporary. Even today, it's not being easy being a Christian, but we must find a way to live our faith without compromise. Christ, you know, we got into Christ out of the schools. We got gay marriages in the world, man. The world wants you to accept their standards, but holiness is our standards. Amen. So as I close out, I'm going to give you this credit report. If my life was a credit report and I was trying to attain salvation based on my score, I wouldn't get it. My history shows that I've been delinquent in praise, past due in prayer. My worship has, my worship has been in collection. I missed a few payments with the tithes. I only paid half. You know how we put that $20 in the basket and think we're doing God a favor. Not to mention that my debt, my sins to income blessing ratio was high. But I thank God that I was able to file bankruptcy, which is repentance, and it cleared me of all my debts. Now I have a co-signer named Jesus whose score is flawless. Not one blemish, not one sin on his report. So now I qualify for everything, most importantly, eternal salvation in life, that I didn't have to put a penny down for it. All my closing costs were covered when Jesus laid down his life for me. I hear that, I hear that my future home, it ain't, got, it ain't got wooden floor. It paved in gold. <laughs> so as I close out, Thank God for that, that, that wonderful Jesus who came and died on Calvary Cross. Who, he stayed in the grave for three days. And he rose and declared it all power in heaven and earth to belong to him. In Jesus' name, amen.